Hey guys, I had a great conversation with Mikel Buck from the Mikel Buck Band. He was on the 2018 season of The Voice. He's been singing and playing music for years. He's an Iraq War veteran. He's got a new EP out. You can find him on Spotify, iTunes. This guy is a hell of a dude. He's a warrior. He is a avid outdoorsman and just a hell of a nice guy. We had a great conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, without further ado, Mikel Buck. What's up, brother? What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm good, man. You caught me in the sunshine here. I'm trying to make some coffee. <laughs> well, we finally got you on here, man. Thank you uh, so much for joining us. Yeah, man. Appreciate the gear over the past year. Yeah, man. You're uh... don't have any of it on. Actually, uh, I was searching for some stuff, and I uh, so I guess it's on the laundry right now because I wear that. I wear that shit constantly. Yeah. <laughs> No, we've seen a few. But I do have my. <laughs> nice. If anybody, if any of them are watching, <laughs> we uh, we had a uh, we we seen a few pictures of you on stage rocking the gear, so we appreciate that. Yeah, man. Uh, I really, I really dig it, dude. Uh, I really do. Uh, I wore, I've worn out pretty much every hat you sent me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the camo one, I was, uh, I wore out during turkey season and deer season got rained on and sun and wind and all that stuff so need to get you need to get you a new order coming oh yeah man uh we've been oh i'm trying to get this set where on my little hook where it stands up better so there we go nice so uh what have you been doing lately since the uh since shows and everything have been kind of shut down we've had uh we've had uh I'm a coffee drinker, so we've had uh, one full band show uh, in the past three months. You know, sporadic acoustic gigs. Yeah, and um, uh, we're actually rehearsing tomorrow. We're going to Texas uh, next Saturday for a pretty good event with uh, Cannon Recovery Group for uh, Mission Twenty Two uh, about soldier suicide. Yeah. But uh man, I've just been riding and uh I've uh recorded two new songs. They're coming out um shortly. They're in the mastered process right now. Nice. Um uh, and spent a lot of time in Nashville writing. I got some stuff going on down there, so I was just riding with uh some really cool people that uh, I've got blessed enough to work with. Uh most of them's got uh either cuts or a couple of them have you know couple dozen hits and uh yeah. uh i can't really say what what's up right now with that but sure. uh it's been covid's been good to me so uh <laughs> uh but man uh i turkey hunted a lot i uh i just actually uh on my birthday this past sunday i fished uh a little creek that runs by my farm in west virginia yeah and uh man i caught 30 large mouth we call them red eye or rock bass yeah uh um week before that i went small mouth fishing on the Greenbrier river yeah 
and I had an okay day, and it seemed like I hit uh, I hit days between everybody was talking about the day before. Uh, everybody was nailing them smallmouth on the on the Sutton Lake up there, and the and the uh, the New River and the uh, the Greenbrier River. But we had a uh, one day didn't catch absolutely nothing. I mean, a few brim. I got you know, I got tired of fishing for bass, so I just started throwing in beetle spins and and uh, rooster tails and just caught a handful of brim. And then the yeah. next day, I caught you know maybe a dozen smallmouth and maybe two of them were good. Yeah. So, uh, trout season in West Virginia. I haven't got trout fishing. God knows how long. I usually fly fish. Yeah. Uh, but I don't even know a fly rod now. That's how like busy I am. And, like, <laughs> so, uh, man, I, I know the feeling, man. You got kids and everything, too. So, I mean, it's. I do, man. Uh, yeah, but uh, turkey season was a blast. Yeah. Uh, the bucks are looking good on the farm this year. I land in West Virginia. And, man, we've got five or six nice shooters running around. So, who's been doing that? Nothing else. Riding four-wheelers and. Sure as hell ain't nothing else to do. I mean, yeah. so so for those who don't know you, uh, you're you're out of West Virginia originally. You're in North. Originally, Virginia. Yeah, we're in North Carolina now. The band's based out of North Carolina, and yeah. uh, we uh, you know, I shoot back and forth between Nashville. I'm not a big fan of Nashville. Yeah. Or uh, the way they put out music down there. Yeah. But uh, things tides seem to be shifting. For the better, right? Yeah, that for the better. Um, yeah. uh, I think there's a. I think more people now are are, are seeing that, you know, there's room for everybody. Uh, you don't have to fit a mold uh, anymore, and because I've been fighting that for since I've been playing music, I don't fit a mold, or I don't sound like what everybody else sounds like, or. Uh, and uh, that's why I'm excited to go to Texas. I've got a lot of fans in Texas. Uh, a lot of my streams and downloads and everything come from down that way. But, you know, yep. uh, uh, a lot of the Red Dirt acts come up this way, man. I've opened up for Parker McCollum, Randy Rogers. Um, so I've always been more involved with that kind of music than I have what's coming out of Nashville. And I'm not putting out Nashville at all. It's just not my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 my brand of country music for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, you know, it's it's interesting to see the shift, you know, and you look at even some of the more some of the more mainstream acts that would that are shifting more towards that. I what yeah. I call just kind of a more authentic sound. It's They'll be weeded out. You can tell the ones that are true to it, and the ones that are faking it, and the ones that have fake country accents. And <laughs> yeah. if you were on The Voice five six years ago, and you had no accent whatsoever. And now you have an accent when you sing. I can see through you. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't develop an accent. Yeah. Not naming names. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are who you are. Uh, yeah. And, and I know the voice doesn't try to take away your accent. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's one of my running jokes. And I, like I said, I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just making a wise crack. But, uh, yeah, you know I mean, what, Cody you know Johnson what, just signed the biggest, one of the biggest deals with Warner Brothers. James, uh, who's that? Cody Johnson. Uh, Cody yeah. Johnson did. Yeah, he just signed a huge deal with Warner Brothers. And, uh, you know, people like Luke Combs and, and uh, Tyler Childers and Sturgill Simpson and, 
all these people are opening up the doors for, you know, you know, I don't know the definition for country music. I know my definition of it. Sure. Uh, it doesn't have hip hop beats and, um, uh, sound like new kids on the block. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I guess 90, you know, it's, it's weird, man. Cause in the nineties, you know, everybody's putting on a hat and you, you know, the Nashville trends, whatever, yep. whatever's, you know, you can tell the difference between somebody who just wants to be famous and somebody who wants to be an artist. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever been guilty of somebody who wants to be famous. I just kind of always stuck to my own thing. And I, you know, I try to evolve, you know, in writing and, and, uh, and try to make different sounds, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, I've got two songs coming out now. One's pretty nineties country with a, with a modern day, you know, it's a little modern, but with a 90 sound. Uh, and then the other one is just straight ass country ass honky tonk. Yeah. It's an ode to Waylon song. So oh, nice. I'm, excited put, I'm excited to put both of them out. Well, I'm excited to hear him. I know with the, around the shop here, we've been listening to the shit out of your latest EP. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Y'all sharing my stuff and everything, too. Uh, and it's, uh, I need to come out there and fish with y'all. Oh, man, <laughs> I, 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 we got you We got you set up. Don't worry, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll when is, when's, when's the key time to, 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 I mean, when do they run out there? You know, I think well, it's like. It's pretty much damn year round. You know, that's the great thing about, about the Pacific Northwest is, you know, there are peak times, of course. You know, we're coming up peak summer steelhead season. Then you got winter steelhead. So you really want the experience. You come out during the winter. And yeah. Watch it. Well, I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to, you know, I, they're stingy out there with their elk tags, too. Yeah. Um, uh, um, I don't know. The, I don't know. Do they have a, uh, like, a, a general elk tag? They don't have, like, a general, like, Colorado or Montana will just have a general tag for a certain yeah, location. It's, it's not the same, but I, I will tell you that our turkey hunting is pretty fantastic out here. Is it really? Yeah. 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 And especially if you get up like eastern Washington way, um, yeah. there's a lot of apple orchards and stuff up there, and they just feast on those those old yeah. apples and get all... The farthest I've been is northern California, uh, and I thought that was absolutely beautiful out that way. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I never got up to Oregon or Washington that way my dad rides harleys and he's been all up and down he's rode to alaska i think twice um yep. coast to coast so he's seen all and you know i've been wanting to come out there i was supposed to do a general elk tag hunt in september in colorado but it doesn't look like i'm going to get to go because all this covid hit and you know um uh, which you know i still might be able to but i was had it planned and it got cut now like start replanning you know got august it starts in like september yeah, so a month and a half to to get ready, and 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 so I, th I think I'm just gonna hold off till next year and just buy a couple, um, buy a couple tags for like Ohio for whitetail, and uh, I hunt Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and North, I live in North Carolina, so I hunt here. Uh, so I think I'm just gonna buy an Ohio tag. I got some friends and stuff that got some big bucks running around. Ohio's got massive whitetail, so. Oh man, and, and Ohio and Pennsylvania steelhead fishing, the Great Lakes uh, tributaries go out there. Yeah. Those guys, you ever want to do that? We got plenty of folks that I can set you up with. The yeah, you know, I've never, I've never been, I, and I'm like just now getting where to the point where, 
it, the music's doing good for me enough where I can actually, you know, I've worked a regular job in uh, five years. Yeah. Um, but in order to make enough living, you're playing so wow. much, you know, and weekends, everybody plans weekend trips or this. Well, my weekends are my work days and, and you yep. know, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are my off days. Yeah. And, you know, and then usually it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sundays, just picking up stuff here and there. Uh, so I've been, but this is off. It's opened up a lot of opportunity for me to get back in the outdoors because I'd stop bow hunting. Mm-hmm. And I, that's my favorite thing. I love bow hunting and turkey hunting. I don't know if you've seen the picture. I killed a six bearded turkey this year mm-hmm. on my farm. Uh, and they were hard hunted this year too, man. They did not cooperate. It was the first, uh, first year in three years that I didn't tag out two days. Oh, really? Yeah. They were, wow. I didn't kill my, I didn't kill my first bird till four days in. How do they eat over there? What's that? How do they eat over there? I mean, there's plenty. Yeah. I mean, they were just, you know what? I think, and I could be mistaken, man. You know, I'm no Remy Warren or anything like that, but I do have a lot of experience turkey hunting. And there's just not enough people to hunt fall season. And we were just overloaded with with, uh, hens and there were tons of gobblers, but it was like they were all hinned up and getting them off of them. And it was really just every time they would gobble in the morning, they'd fly off and shut up. Yeah. And then I, I would run and gun them. And uh, on then uh, I spooked a few birds just being low in, well, being patient. There's a fine line between patience and impatience, just getting up too early, yeah. being a little too aggressive. And then I finally killed uh, one with about a 10 inch beard on, on the, fourth day and uh that uh, particular six beer turkey i killed i think six days in the season mm-hmm. and i'd watched him uh i didn't know he had six beards i mean some of them were small but i, I knew he he was different yeah uh, all i i remember just took out my range fire and had a little pair of binoculars i'm gonna order me a pair of vortex because my binoculars suck they're bush now but they suck yeah uh, uh i knew he was different he was uh really golden like really golden looking, yeah. More than the others, you know. They 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 all got pretty colors and stuff. But he was just just had so much gold on him. Yeah, and I just knew I wanted that bird, and uh, I literally sat up on him two days in a row. Killed that one, and I, then I saw him. I saw him prior to killing the first one, and uh, two days in a row, he hit a field while well, I waited in it. Waited for him to fly down. He never flew down. Went up after him. He never would come around the ridge. Second day I sat, and he had a distinctive uh, gobble. It sounded a lot raspier than the other ones, and that's how I kind of – I wasn't for sure. You know, like I said, I don't have – you know, I could be mistaken, but yeah. to me, he sounded different. And I heard him a couple times, and I seen him gobble a couple times, and he just had this raspiness to his voice. Well, I was, the way I was sitting, he wasn't – I guess he came off the hill down in this uh, place we call Cabin Creek, and it's just uh, like the terrain changes, a creek that runs down through it, but it's, just, it's wider between the hills. It's, it's almost like a little valley. I'm not sure how, how you would say the – we say a slough. Yep. It narrows up, opens up the wider field, and then goes around. You know, it's just yep. up a holler. Yeah. I heard him coming, and then – so I shut up. I didn't want to – 
spook him out. And uh, I thought he was done. He was coming, and he just went quiet. I waited 20 minutes. I didn't call. Uh, forced myself to wait another 10 minutes. Didn't call. So 30 minutes sitting there. And I'd be this 11 o'clock. I've been sitting there since before dark. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want to move on because every time I moved on him, he was, he just outsmarted me. Yeah. I don't, you know, and if he gets up on a, a ridge above you, foliage wasn't, I mean, it was budding out, but it wasn't good. You could still have pretty good vision down from the hills and stuff like that until the foliage comes on, you know, yeah. in the fall. When the leaves are all down, you can, you can see. I mean, yeah. the hills, you can, so they, and they got good vision. So, they're smart. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, well, they just got good vision. They kept yeah. moving and everything like that. So I literally leaned forward and peeked down about, he was about 80 yards and closing in. He had two hens trailing. Yeah. And I was like, I was just literally leaned forward to get up and caught him moving before he caught me moving and literally just leaned back. He walked, I shot him almost 40 yards. Oh, wow. Yeah, when I run down, I thought I like I knew he was a good chance of him being a double bearded one. Yeah. Because I thought, like I said, I had shitty binoculars and a rangefinder, a little uh, I can't remember what brand I got, but and then when I ran down, he was so wet, I knew he had three beards, and then I started drying him up, hung him in front of the big uh like big shop fan. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, let him dry out, and I started going through it. It's like this guy's got six beards. So I'm getting him mounted. It's like nine hundred bucks getting mounted. Oh shit. <laughs> I never thought I'd mount a turkey, but yeah, that's I think that's a bird. Yeah, everybody's like, "Man, you better mount that bird." And I was like, "Well, next year I'll probably kill eight bearded, and, and it'll be wasting my money, you know." I don't think <laughs> just I'll, because I don't think I'll yeah, just because that's my just luck. Because. So, growing up in uh, growing up in West Virginia and being in the outdoors, I'm sure as a kid, uh, obviously, um, you know, hunting, fishing, that type of stuff. Who kind of got you? into that into into being in the outdoors was it was it a family member or yeah my dad friend? hunted uh my dad was a big time bow hunter and uh right you know he's he has actually been out west once or twice he's killed an antelope he actually uh he never missed much with a bow but he actually missed a big mule deer because he just he's like it was like he was his first white big white tail it was like the mule deer came in and it's just he got buck fever yeah and uh I don't know if he hit a branch or whatever, but he still tells the story. But my uncle killed a nice elk out there, and my uncle Bub got him into hunting. There wasn't they tell a story about like there wasn't a lot of whitetails. Like throughout, he was born in '55, mm-hmm. but he said growing up, there, if you saw a deer, that's a big thing. Like they just weren't that. Really, I mean, yeah. And uh, my grandmother he says the same thing, but us growing up, it was just deer everywhere but we started rabbit hunting grouse hunting grouse are kind of died off um in my area but we used to have a lot of grouse uh and of course rabbits and squirrels i still eat rabbit I, that's my favorite meal i try to keep as much wild game in the freezer as i possibly can you know yeah. i killed four i killed five deer this year uh three does no excuse me i, I killed four deer i killed three does and one buck um I killed the, an eight-point Pennsylvania. He wasn't a monster buck. It was four days into a five-day hunt, and I can't eat a tag. So, you know, yeah. paying for a trip. Uh, but, and they, uh, Pennsylvania's weird. They don't, 
just issue doe tags. They, you have to apply for a doe tag. They, they got a, a different management system up there because usually, you know, you have more does than you do bucks. So yeah. I'll take a, I'll take a mature doe out quick because they're good eating. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, shot him. He was already wounded, and I know he was he was chasing the whole time. He was full on rut. Uh, I got him stopped about forty two yards and put one double on to him. And uh, he was a little just a little bucket eight, but he I mean they're big deer up there, big whitetails. Uh, yeah. North Carolina they're kind of small. Yeah, you know, down here. But uh, yeah, I killed a doe down here. Two does in West Virginia, and then that buck. So I yeah. put a lot in the freezer, and then you know, uh, I I rifle hunted the first day of rifle season on public land, and by rule, you're supposed to hunt. You're not allowed to do anything in West Virginia for three days. It's all rifle. Yeah, but I was private land the next day, and the way I I don't know if it's backshore or not, but I just bow hunted. Um, but there was nobody else on about 200 acres. It was just me, so I didn't figure it was going to hurt anybody. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just don't enjoy rifle hunting as much. I, I just don't get a kick out of it. Yeah. I, I've killed so many with a rifle. It's, it's almost like harvesting when you're rifle hunting. It's just, I don't know. It's like I don't like blinds. Yeah. Uh, I tried running and gunning with uh, with a bow this year for turkey. I've killed turkey with a bow before out of hunting blinds and, and don't enjoy that as much. So, I, you know, my goal is to run a gun with my bow. Yeah. And it's possible, but it's hard as shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It really, it really is. It'd almost be easier with a recurve. Yeah. Know, if you can get them close enough. But I actually was, uh, uh, I drew back on one. And, I, you know, I set up stuff where I can do it. I try to get where I'm back in some brush and they have to funnel in front of me because there's, you know, I, I try to, you can set up so much, you know, you can't always do that. But uh, anyway, I drew back. The hand walked out this way. He was gobbling directly behind me. The hand walked out this way. So when she was walking, she was pretty much going away from me. So I didn't think there was a big chance of her seeing me. So I drew back, literally held, 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 held. And I was like, well, where the hell is he at? And literally looked three yards in front of me. He's staring right at me. I'm like, can't move, can't move. And by that time, I have to let my bow down. Yeah. But he he did a little putt, went right back behind me, started gobbling again. And uh, I sat there for another 10, 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, well, I blew my shot. And when I stood up, he was literally coming back around where the hen was. And so if I waited 15 minutes, I might have he might have popped one out because I yeah. don't think it scared him too bad. But, yeah, it was just my luck. You know, I still yeah. have uh, – but, yeah, uh, smallmouth, you know, of course, catfishing. We uh, did a ton of Canal River. In Ohio River, my family farm is uh, in Mason County, West Virginia, which is uh, in the lower mountain foothill mountains. It's not the you know the steep high stuff like up in to the southern part of the state, like uh, you know Pipestem or Pendleton County up that way. Uh, I'm familiar. I used to do a lot of work out there. My my yeah. Old job. Yeah, like you know, I hate to do it. West Virginia is like that. Yeah, this part's more of your real mountain of stuff and this is your lower foothills Ohio River Valley yeah yeah we're towards that I mean still some steep hills still some cliffs still some but not not as high as elevation and uh uh so your creeks will puddle uh, my cousin makes uh I've never been into it I've caught 
just a couple, never really fished one for muskie. Yeah. Uh, the Elk River, the river I grew up on, because uh, the farm is where my grandparents, my dad was born. Uh, and then we lived up above Charleston, a place called Elkview and the Elk River. And that's just extremely good muskie fishing. Those guys uh, hunt big old huge flies that look like a dead cat. Yeah, I don't know many people that, yeah, I don't know many people that, uh, that, uh, that fly fishing for them up there. Uh, but most of them, you actually, my cousin, Bo has his own bait company called Bozuka Baits. Uh-huh. And man, uh, there, uh, he sells a ton of them. Uh, and it's just for musket fishing. Yeah. I think he makes some bass, some like, you know, rap, Rapalos, yeah. stuff like that. But I think he caught a 51 inch the other day. Damn. It's a patient game, man. It's, Alex said, I've caught them when I'm fishing smallies. Yeah. On, you know, break baits. Yeah. And they fit. Uh, you know, little ones, and yeah. uh, they're fun, but I just, you know, uh, so muskie, you've caught walleye, we have walleye, uh, there's two or three type of brim, your sunfish, your bluegill, and what we call, we call it rock bass, where we're from, and they're yeah. almost like little camouflage panfish, mm-hmm. or the red eyes, I can't remember their names, and then you got saugers, and uh, uh, drum, yeah, uh, you got what else? I mean, that's about it. So you know, you know, trout, rainbow. Yeah, uh, they do some. They do some uh, stock uh, release. They, uh, I think some rivers up there, Pendleton County. There's some creeks and reservoirs. It's it's catch and release. Yeah, which I disagree with. But <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like catching something fun. You're supposed to eat them. Yeah, trout, trout's to eat. Like I catch a walleye, I'm eating that damn thing. Uh, <laughs> catfish, I'm eating that damn thing. Uh, so, uh, are, are steelhead great eating? Are they great eating fish? Uh, some of them depends. You know, yeah. uh, you know, anything will smoke, right? But yeah, but it's uh, you know, some of the hatchery fish that you get into because we, we do have a lot of hatchery fish over here. Um, and some That's rivers. What I was trying to think of hatchery. That's what I was trying to. Yeah, some of some of the hatchery fish. Some of the rivers have more hatchery fish than others. Um, They've got different programs now, broodstock programs where they're breeding from the wild spring fish in the river, Um, and and that that whole thing can be a little contentious. But there's the the hatchery fish. You know, for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of steelhead. I'd much rather eat salmon. uh, Yeah, or or even just just kokanee. Uh, little was well, it considered a trout or a salmon, or is it considered its, its own? Do what? Is it considered a trout or a salmon? Like I've always been confused yeah. of what what they are. They're, so steelhead, steelhead's just a uh, rainbow this, trout that goes out to the ocean and comes back. That's what okay. I thought. But I was arguing yeah. that fact the other day, and they're like, "No, yeah. it's a salmon." I was like, "No, it's a trout." I'm no, so the steel, the steel, it, it is a trout. It is a trout. Yeah. steelhead, um, and and regulations will say I think it's twenty. I'm gonna get hammered for this but i think it's 22 inches anything a train trout over 22 inches considered to steal it but there's uh and i know i'm gonna get a shitload of flack for saying that if that's wrong but there's uh there everybody knows everything don't you that's right that's right and uh there's there's a lot of different fisheries and a lot of different uh different strains you know you've got like in the in the uh michigan area they got um skamania fish over there that are a strain of of hatchery fish from the 
Pacific Northwest from the Washington area. Yeah. And, uh, um, but they're a completely different beast over there. Uh, steelhead in the Great Lakes tributaries from, you know, Wisconsin. Well, see, there's, there's, there's trout here, like lake trout. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and it's brackish water. You know, I've yep. caught those. I, a lot of people know, know more about this brackish salt wave. To me, it's hard to fish. It's different. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, uh, but I have found like trout here and the trout from streams of West Virginia taste exactly the same. They're both good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They, they yeah. really, I'm like, they're like, try this. And we, we, we caught a bunch of them uh, when I was working in Aurora, North Carolina. Uh, my boss man took me out on a boat. We caught a bunch of trout and flayed yeah. them up. And, and I was like, he's like, it's like a taste exactly. To me, it tastes like a trout. It tastes yeah. exactly like a trout. It's a really, really good fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably my favorite one is either walleye or trout, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and I grew up, you know, my dad bought me a fly rod when I was real young, and I fished the creeks where I, you know, where I particularly lived in West Virginia, that there was no trout. Yeah. Um, you had to go up to the mountains, which we would go. Uh, yeah. headed to Elk River, any rivers, uh, Pendleton County, I can't remember the name of all the rivers, but they... There were some hatcheries, and then a lot of it was just rainbows and browns that were natural yep. to the area. Yep. And then I got pretty decent at fly fishing them. I never tied my own flies or anything like that, but yeah, I got practice in the, the streams around where I live for the for the panfish, the bass. I've even caught catfish on a fly rod. No, oh, not yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. He just <laughs> oh, landed in the right place, right where you're swimming. He's yeah. Yeah. Meal, you know, it wasn't like I was trying. It just happened. And, yeah, uh, and that that was a lot of growing up. We just fished for whatever bit the line, yep. until got into the bass fishing or smallmouth fishing, and uh, what to use for that. You know, a lot of times when we was trout fishing, you just take salmon eggs on a Zepco thirty three, yeah, cast them out, and just let them drift, yeah, you catch a trout, yeah, uh, garlic, uh, whatever flavor they had at the 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 mom and pop bait store. Those little yep little cans of salmon eggs and that was what we flip them out let them drift down and you they would nail them you know you know it's a different it's a different vibe you know uh coast to coast because over here over here in the pacific northwest you like salmon and steelhead fishing it's it's a part of who these people are yeah and it, it it it's uh and it's you know i have a buddy that 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 owns he's huge into bass fishing and that that's a culture in itself yeah and I love doing it. Uh, and trout fishing in West Virginia, it's, it's a culture in itself. Yep. You got guys that are pro catch and release. You got guys that want to just use barbless hooks. Yep. You got all these different. There's lots of levels, man. Lots of yeah, levels. Yeah, because I was actually listening to a uh, Meteor podcast, and they were talking about yep. Pacific Northwest and some of the problems. They were, like, shutting down some rivers. Yep. And some groups were trying to get them just to use barbless hooks and catch and release, and some yep. groups were fighting that. And uh, I think it's important that everybody just realize that we're we're the anglers, and I believe in eating and catching. Which you know, I don't. I do both. I can't say one against the other. I do both. I catch and release bass, or whatever. But if I if I'm on them that day, and I know I'm gonna have a stringer full, and it's worth me keeping up with, then I'm gonna eat them. You know, yeah. I mean, the fight, like small mouth, uh, large mouth, if I'm catching the right size, because I find like a certain size large mouth don't taste as good as the ones 11 12 inches those are the best ones to me yeah. and if they're hitting like crazy then it, and then just frying up brim left and right you know yep. split them gut them scale them yep. throw them on some, you know fry them out 
and then trout we'd always just aluminum foil lemon oh yeah and, and just peel the skin and that man it was so good oh uh, man set, setting a trout and some aluminum foil with some lemon and a little onion salt and pepper next to a campfire mm-hmm. <laughs> oh whew. yeah we always called that the a hobo <laughs> meal we used to do uh deer burger and stuff like that we'd make them at uh, uh deer burger onions whatever you you're into and then you set it on a campfire a, yeah. a hobo meal is what we call okay. it okay but uh so, so when you're touring and 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 you predominantly stick within you know kind of the south and 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 northeast we'll call it right and, yeah and, yeah uh, uh when you're touring do you ever try to work in any kind of activity I do, you know i do I gotta, when it's uh i do when it's uh just me uh it's hard when i got uh, the other four with me sure uh but when it's just me i'll do acoustic runs uh like i got my fishing license in virginia ohio west virginia north carolina south carolina and uh, i was about to buy one when i was in nashville last week because i was staying out near percy uh percy priest dam yeah but i had no time to go yeah um yeah, I mean, I usually, most of the time it's more efficient to go. Some, they're more expensive, but most of the time, if I know I'm going to be in that state, because, you know, a lot of rivers I fish, the New River runs through Virginia, West Virginia, mm-hmm. the same. So I got both licenses. It's 35 bucks a year for out of state, something like that. Yeah. And it's like 20 bucks for a five-day fishing license. So what I'm going to buy a year long. Yeah. Uh, uh the Ohio River's got some certain rules. I haven't fished it. I, I didn't buy my Ohio license this year because I didn't go over there much. But uh, Kentucky's got good bass. If we ever get, you know, there's uh, a lot of my buddies just like to go to Kentucky, hit the, the rivers. They got ponds down there and, and just, I don't know, Kentucky's got some pretty good bass. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, PA, I've been trout fishing in Pennsylvania a couple times. Matter of fact, for first time I ever saw elk out fly fishing trout in Pennsylvania. First time I ever seen an elk in the wild. I had no clue Pennsylvania had an elk at the time. Huh. This has been, been years ago. It was like 06. Yeah. And uh, literally had no clue they were, had an elk program. Like, you know what I mean? And now I don't know you, anything about that. That's yeah. Uh, I had no clue. So I'm walking this little, the, the creek we're fishing comes around. It's like little cliff area. So I walk up around in the woods, get down to this sandy black sand beach to fish back up in, you know, where there's some eddies for these trout. And I'm fly. I keep hearing something. I'm like, what the hell is that noise? Yeah. And it sounded like a horse walking. And I was like, what the hell? And about that time, he just comes out beside me and bugles. Yeah. And I literally throw my pole. When you don't know there's something there and you've never heard an elk bugle in the wild and you see something the size of a horse yeah. screaming. I mean, he's literally 10 yards from me yeah. and fell to the bugle. And I was just, just, I was like, uh, and, you know, he had still had a yellow tag in his ear. Huh. Like, yeah, but they, they, uh, they got, they got like 30,000 elk now. Oh, wow. I think, I think they have 30,000 head now, 30,000 to hurt. I, I'm, I could be wrong. I'm not sure. I've got buddies up there, but they're, they've got a ton of elk in PA. Uh, Kentucky's even opened their season. I'm not sure how many tags they're giving out. And it goes up into West Virginia, like Logan, you can go to Logan County and see some elk, but there's no season there yet. But you can lotto. Like I put in for uh, uh, PA Kentucky. I'm gonna start trying to do that yearly. Maybe okay. get lucky. Uh, but there's been some like record elk taken out of those states because they 
this, you know, because of the management. The, the, yeah, the management, and there's just yeah. not. They reintroduced. I couldn't tell you what years they did it, but when I was in PA, I had no clue they had it, and that happened when I was trout fishing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, the dude I was the I dude I was with was laughing so hard. Yeah. He's like, "You didn't know there's elk up here?" I was like, "No, I had no clue, and I've never heard." I don't care if you know they bugle or whatever. It's the most impressive sound you could ever hear in your life is a, a bull elk. It was just he just ripped it, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, what the hell was that?" You know, slash frightening if you don't know. Oh what yeah, the I mean, yeah. I, I've been in the woods all my life, and I've heard fox shrill and squeal yeah. and scream and bobcat scream, and I don't care how old you are or how long you've been in the woods. When you're walking in the dark and it goes off. Mm-hmm. It scares shit out of you. You're yeah. not ready for it. It sounds like some woman's scream, you know. Yeah. I've literally uh I've literally been walking with a rifle to my stand and a fox just let out a yell. And uh you know, I walked it's like just fox, just fox, but take your rifle off just in case you yeah. know it's a big foot or some shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't care. I mean, There's I mean, you know, the woods are creepy. The woods I've been are- stalked by a uh by a big cat on the Wilson. I didn't see it. But you could tell what it was. It was the evening time. I'm walking on the Wilson River, and there's a road that runs on the other side. And I'm fly fishing by myself. And I just – you get that feeling that something's yeah. watching you. And there's – it's a, kind of remote. There's not a lot of houses around here. And on the opposite side of the river, it's a little river. I mean, a big cat could jump across that river, no problem. Yeah. And at the, in the summertime at this spot. And you could just see the eyeballs, the light from the cars, the headlights. It's scary and shit. I had to uh, get my phone plugged in here. I was about to dial. Oh, so. No problem. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can see the, I don't know see how. The, see the flash of the, the height as the headlights <laughs> on the road hit the hit his eyeballs. You could just see them, and you could see it sneak through the trees just enough because it was dusk, and I, didn't, I wasn't carrying at the time. His organs are open carry, so if you're fishing, you can just open carry. And yeah. uh, it, all I had was a little five weight fiberglass fly rod that d- between me and whatever the hell that was. <laughs> you know, North Carolina, eastern North Carolina, where I live, we have some of the biggest black bears. And I think oh, next yeah. to Alaska, Eva Shockey took, I don't want to misquote, it was damn near 700 pounds. Yeah. I'm almost positive the record is over eight. Wow. For Eastern North Carolina black bear. Uh, for anybody listening, you can Google it. I'm almost positive. I think Eva Shockey took a six six seventy. Mm-hmm. I could be. It might have been something. Lower, but yeah, they're massive black bears here, and you would not think so. There's no hills. It's yeah. nothing but long pine forest. Yeah, barely ever any hardwoods around here. A lot of warehouser land they own, and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, but. I've gone in, set up a tree stand in the swamp and, you know, seen good deer sign and, you know, go in there the next morning and there's black bear prints, size, you know, just massive black bear prints. Yeah. And it, like I said, you know, the, the, especially I wear scent lock, you know, trying to, you know, you got to do something in the heat early season. I love early season, both seasons mainly because they've not changed their patterns yet but they're starting to so 
you're going to sweat. So I think, you know, a lot of people say Scentlock's bullshit, but I, I, I disagree. I think it's great. It's mm-hmm. been proven. Activated carbons using mop suits and chemical suits and everything like that. It stops your your body odor. And even if it does it just a little bit, it's better than absolutely nothing. Yeah. Right. Um, but I can tell you one thing. I've used it and I've seen more fox and bobcats, but mostly fox and coyotes than I've ever seen in my entire life. I killed a red fox last year with a bug. Because I can't smell it. I, I, I just think it helps block yeah. your scent that much. I mean, I, I could just, you know, you just had proofs in the pudding. I mean, I've yeah. had deer within two yards of me, downwind, you know, not catch. And, it, and like I said, I don't paint my face. I cover my, my beard up because that's the number one flag right there is your body hair. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, I don't think it stops 100% of it, but it fools them enough. You know, yeah. enough where I've seen more more creatures in the woods wearing it. So I get nervous when I'm going in for bear, uh, not for bear, but going in, you know, because their main thing is smelling you. So, like, I always kind of make sure if I'm going in the morning, that's downed. Yeah. You know, and uh, you don't want to make a bunch of racket. You don't want to use a bunch of light, you know, trying to get back in because I try to set up for it. I set up in the swamp last year on a, on a buck's, I know he was bedded, you know what I mean? And he had rubs, pine trees that big around. And I was going in there, I've seen bear tracks in there. When I put the stand up, I've seen bear, fresh bear tracks. He must have been, he or she must have been in there right where I was or in there where I was. And I've seen them. Uh, I was, uh, first encounter with a black bear was, I came home from Iraq in 05 and uh, where I was staying, there was a, huge ass cornfield behind the house and I decided to go for a run on the, the path around it and saw two about 50, 60 yards, two cubs run in front of the let me cross the path because there's corn on this side and corn on this side. Or yeah. woods on this side and corn on this, I'm sorry. And I was like, just please don't be behind me. You know, <laughs> you're 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 fucked, man. Oh yeah. You're, you're yeah. just uh and it was my first ever seeing like a black bear encounter. Uh, you know, seeing them in fields, yeah. you know what I mean. And uh, just, like I said, in West Virginia, the part there's black bear there now. People are seeing more black bear in the county than I'm in. But growing up, there's none. Yeah, you know, just. But now they're they're starting county well, black, overs. Are, and black bear will mess you up quick. Yeah, and uh, so she came out at least 35, 45 yards from me. And looked and was not happy. Because he said the Cubs had passed. The Cubs were past her, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I remember like just freezing in fear. I don't care who you are. If you've never seen a black bear, you're not going, oh, wow, black It's not a deer. It's (laughs) like this massive thing can kill me. Yeah. And uh, she, you know, started doing the whole lick thing. And she... She did the whole like woof and like swatted and did, and I just slowly by hey get now go yeah. And as soon as I got outside from her, I hauled ass, you know, yeah. like she couldn't sit. But I was like, my god, I thought I was gonna have a heart attack because I mean the cubs, you know, were there. Oh. They're they're just protective as shit. Yeah. And uh, the 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 second closest I've been was probably about ten yards to one, and I was. In my kayak, bass fishing, I backed up to the lily pads. There's a place called the uh, Devil's Gut. 
Mm-hmm. And it's off the Roanoke River. And it's just where these creek swampy areas meet. It's good fishing back. We have fish down here called blackfish, but it's a uh, a bowfin. Yeah. It's almost like a snake. You know, I'm sure. I think they're everywhere. Yeah. A lot of people don't know what they they, they commonly mistake for snakehead, but it's not yeah. like bowfin. Yeah. That's the funnest damn fish you could ever catch. Yeah, they're not up here. Uh, huh? I, we, I don't think we have them up here. No, they're not. Yeah. But uh, but they're uh, I mean, they're full teeth. Yeah. They're weird looking. But yep. they are mean as shit. They <laughs> fight like no other fish I've ever caught in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, you can't eat them. They're but they look like a trout bred with a carp and a catfish. Yeah. And a, they just got this long. Aren't you supposed to kill them now? Bowfin? No, snakeheads. Snakeheads, you are. I, yeah. I, I'm told. Yeah. But uh, I haven't caught one of those yet. We don't have any around here that I know of. They're they're southern. Yeah. But uh. They're made. So I've been there, you know, just slaying bass and catching them both in. And we call them blackfish here. Yeah. And man, I just I'm like heard a little crackles and I'm like, looked around and I didn't, I looked this way and I was like, I don't see nothing. And let, I had forgotten my anchor. So I backed up in because the wind was kind of blowing downstream. And I backed up in there on my kayak and literally heard it again. So I had to basically turn all the way around and it's just standing there looking at me. And it's, a big ass black bear. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm in knee deep water. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at that point, I wasn't scared because you know the body language is like they're looking at me like because from what I know in science, they can't see very good. They smell. Yeah. yeah. You know, of course you you know the, the wind's blowing this way, so I'm not really blowing any smell back to. Them. Yeah. It was just you could tell that animal was like. What in the hell is that? Yeah, it was just so curious. Like, I mean, like I've seen people before, but never like half a body floating on. You know what I mean? It was just <laughs> the most curious look. Yeah, like a dog. It was like just yeah, it wasn't threatening. So I mean, literally, I didn't even get scared. I just kind of moved my paddle around and I turned back, got in front of the kayak, turned, reached down, laid my pistol in my lap, and I was like, hey, hey. And it was just still just kind of steady, just like, what the hell is that? Like, can I eat it or what? You know? Yeah, yeah. And then I just took my paddle and just banged like that. And yeah. my God, the noise it made running off. Oh, man, like, I shit yeah. my pants. But you, you, say, you said it's a pretty good-sized bear. And I, the minute you said that, I just thought to myself, isn't any bear a pretty good-sized bear? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> in the mountains of West when you Virginia. run into them in the woods. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. You they, know what I mean? They always gain about. 100 more pounds probably <laughs> yeah when, you, when you're not hunting bear and you run into one accidentally it's a big ass bear no matter how big yeah. that bear is yeah and I, like i said i've literally only run into and never in the woods I'm, i've uh i've seen bear hunting like pennsylvania i saw a nice black bear and i actually got down and went at you know like went it was getting dark but you know what i mean i had a bear tag and i was like you know spot stalking he was walking this big oak flat and i never could weave enough close to it just kept kept going but uh i was like everybody's like you're dumb i was like people spot and stalk black bear all the time it can be done if you yeah. want to get one yeah. why not you know yeah. uh but i did get nervous on that because it got dark and i remember i was had to walk back to the truck and uh left my pistol on the truck so all i had was my bow but yeah. i mean they literally will run their ass off from you like yeah. Uh, you make a slice bit of noise. They just, but you can see them. Uh, the county over from here, like Washington County, and 
uh, Hyde County. They're just massive black, but it's nothing but crop fields out that way. It's toward the coast. I, when I went up to Alaska, uh, you know, obviously you're bear spray and all that stuff, but they yeah. tell you if you got something that a decent sized handgun that you strap to the front of you, do it. So I had a 357, which when I got to Alaska, the guy in the lodge goes, What are you going to do with that thing? I'm like, yeah. It's all I got. He's like, well, you got five for the bear, and the last one's for you. You might as well just get it over with, put that first yeah. one up and go, because you ain't going to do anything to that bear. Well, the 357 puts a big old hole in something, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I've had, I mean, I've got a 40 cal now, but, like, I've, I've taken nine, I think it's the ammo. Like, I'll have, if I go hunting, I always load, uh, I have a nine millimeter pistol, and yeah. I just put hollow points in it, yeah. because, yeah, I mean, it might not kill at first shot. You unload. You're, yeah, you you're just keep pumping lead in. You know, if, <laughs> yeah. you know, but the chance, like I said, if if it starts coming up the tree, they and they come up fast, but if you, mm-hmm. you know, it's something. And, you know, nothing's going to want to get hit and stung or, you know, yeah. holes blown through it, you know. And, and, yeah, I hear them stories. You know, there's a guy in Alaska that killed a large black bear with a pocket knife. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's a true damn story. It was like a twelve, it was like you know, six inch blade pocket knife. Yeah, he hit it. You know, so something. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Go out but, swing. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine not carrying something in any eating and not having. Yeah, like if I'm fishing, I take a pistol. Yeah, I'm not, I take a pistol everywhere. I mean, it's yeah, especially nowadays. Like yeah, but I yeah, I mean it. I don't care if you got a twenty-five, yeah, loud noise yeah. or something. You know, something. Yeah. I'm not going yeah. in blind. You know, yeah. I'd say a big old grizzly or a big old Kodiak or something like that. You know, yeah. you might want to have some heavy artillery for, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm you know, I'm scared to death of bears. Not scared enough not to go. You know, sure. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, you know, your chances of bear attacks are so and so. I said, yeah, but your chances of being bit by a shark are about the same. Yeah. But surfers get have a better chance yeah. of getting bit by a shark than anybody else, and yeah. bow hunters have a better chance of getting attacked by a bear than anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. If you're in the woods where they're at, you have a better chance of it happening. But you know, just try to be smart about it, and yeah. you know, I, I, it, I, it's it's amazing how nervous you stay. I don't care how how much you get used to something. Yeah, it it it, it makes you damn nervous to go in there. And, and I think it's probably a good thing. You don't want to. No, be, it should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, do they have grizzlies? Are there grizzlies or just black bear up, up there? Where we're at here in Oregon, um, mostly black bear. Um, you know, there was grizzly bear a hundred years ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and they've talked about reintroducing to you know to the area, but um, and it, there's. And I, I don't want to act, sit here and act like I'm an ecologist and know all the different types of bears and wolves and shit that we have yeah. around because I don't. But um, but to my knowledge, there isn't any. Uh, but there's uh, there's been some talk about, you know, and I don't know. I mean, there's there's that's a whole debate, you know, between. Uh, so what states beside you? It's Idaho, right? Yeah, we got we got Idaho and Washington. Um, yeah. And Wasn't there grizzlies in Idaho? Yeah, yeah. How the hell are not? 
Well, see, that's what like people say. But, there's no grizzlies in Colorado. Like, there's grizzlies in Montana. Yeah, but you know, there's so few that they yeah. stick, they stick to the to the area that they know and the, and the yeah. food source that they know. So uh, there's it's it, they're very few, and so they've talked like this, like with wolves, they talked about reintroducing them. You know, because you know, regardless of what ranchers want to say and all that stuff, you know, I mean, there is a there is a an ecosystem. There's a balance, yeah. right? You know, you yeah, it's needed. Have- I, I, I'm. You know, I know in Montana, they're not letting people hunt grizzly bears. It's a big thing, and they're getting, yeah. getting overpopulated. And, you know, the, there's nothing that pisses me off more than people that are uneducated on 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 the, the facts of hunters and anglers do for conservation. That it just, it's astounding how we're made fun of from cartoons growing up with the Elmer Fudds, and we're dumb yeah. rednecks. We yeah. don't care about nothing. We're throwing beer cans down. And yeah. that, there are assholes. Oh, yeah. But like, if you just read, listen to any podcast known to man about hunting and fishing and realize that there would be no conservation, there would be no animals, there would be without us, without hunting and fishing, uh, anglers paying our, uh, our, our, our tags, buying our tags that – you know, and I donate to several, you know, things if I see it online, yeah. uh, you know, public land, say public, I donated, you know, probably a couple hundred bucks this year. Uh, but the, the fact that people's like, we can't kill grizzly bears. Well, you know, if you get too many grizzly bears, grizzly bears are going to. They're going to kill you? Yeah. They're gonna, well, <laughs> yeah. People, yeah. People got this Yogi Bear thing, or you know, even yeah. people are like, "How can you hook a fish in the mouth?" I'm like, "Yeah," you know, I I don't know what to say to those people. Um, I think I think Steve Renill is probably in my in my from my perspective, he's probably the most intelligent voice on that we have. subject. I think so. It really, he's you know, and I've always I've always hated the hunting shows. Like I hate. You know, nothing against Willie Robertson and and, and those guys. I yeah. think I yeah. think those people are great people as well. Uh, uh, they do a lot for, you know, but that kind of hunting on yeah. managed game lands when yeah. bucks aren't getting shot at until yeah. they're five years old. Yeah. That's not the same kind of hunting I grew up with. With you know, even though we had private land, the farms around they're yeah. hunters and everybody you know shooting at deer just to kill a buck, don't matter what size it is, you know. Killing a, a, a nice eight point outside his ears might be a 130, 140 inch buck. Yeah. If you can kill one of those around where I'm from, that's a trophy because yeah. you've done something. Yeah. Yeah. You got really, really lucky or you've actually done something. Yeah. Uh, I follow uh, guys like uh, John Eberhart out of Michigan. Uh huh. 50 book, buck, you know, public land bucks, just monster bucks. Uh, guys like him. So I, I've never really liked the hunting shows like Buck Commander, and I'm not putting them down. I, I just no, I understand. when when Meat Eater came out, I always loved Duck Commander. Yeah, I yeah. always liked watching Phil and them guys. And I'm I don't know. VHS yeah. tapes of them guys down in Mexico and stuff. Yeah, I mean yeah. I always love why I watched Duck Commander. Uh, and I, I'm not into duck hunting. I've only been one time. It just mm-hmm. wasn't for me. Uh, I'd like to try it again with some different people. Uh, but I'm also not 
crazy about being around a lot of firearms with dudes I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, so. Understandably. Uh, yeah, so, like, yeah. when when Meat Eater came out, it was like a breath of fresh air to, to for hunting shows. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. this guy just did a complete hunting show and didn't kill anything. Yeah. And yeah. I learned more than a guy, you know, than the whitetail. And I think the public sees those whitetail hunters with the cool face paint and, you know, hunting on stands. And, you know, it's all about just getting a big old buck. And I think those kind of shows can give the wrong perspective to people. Yeah. Like they just, we don't care about animals. We just want to shoot a big horned animal, you know, or whatever like yeah. that. I care about eating them. You know what I mean? I care well, about there's, meat. There's from the it, it's just like anything, you know, wild, wild fish, farmed fish, an actual TV show about actual hunting, yeah. farmed hunting, right? Yeah. Canned, overproduced shit music actual yeah. real music yeah you know what I mean? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it yeah it is uh it's uh it's authenticity like, i i have to watch where i step when i talk about music because i'm in i'm in i'm in deep now you know <laughs> <laughs> you know i i've wrote actually this last week i wrote a song with a guy that wrote uh songs for Dirk Bentley, a couple for George Drake, and he also wrote, wrote a few that are modern. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? Yep. That I, you know, I can't really uh, sit there and go deep into detail, but like, yeah, yeah. when when a couple of his songs that he wrote come on, I'm like, Ugh. not saying they're not good songs. It's like you said, how it's produced. Yep. We, we're going to make this guy in a cowboy hat sound like a boy band, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so, yeah, so I had to be kind of <laughs> careful about uh, that. And, and, and he would probably sit there and tell you, too, oh, shit. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, be you know, you know that, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because, because I do want to talk a little bit about music as well because that's, I mean, that's your, yeah. that's your jam. That's what you do. Oh, so. Well, I would tell people, too, like, if somebody came up and told me I could make $45,000 a year, and get to hunt and fish all the time, but I could never touch a guitar or sing again. I'd literally have to sleep on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd have to think about it. That's how much I love to be in the outdoors. And, and, uh, and you know, like I said, man, wading the Creek when I was a kid, catching snakes and crawdads. Yeah. And yeah. we all call them, we call them crawdads. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's what we call them. Crayfish. Yes. Yeah. Southern parts, crayfish. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, we always call them crawl daddies. Yeah. Excellent largemouth, smallmouth bait, or any kind of fish bait. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, we also have these things called helgamites. I don't oh, know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we used to get them under rocks, catch yeah. them, and it was like nothing could be biting. You put a live one of those on your hook and throw it in, you're catching some. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah. Shoot your question about music, man. I'll so, try my best to answer. So, uh, for. Obviously, you've been doing you've been playing music since, uh, if I understand correctly, you've been playing music for a good better part of your life. Really, yeah. My mother's my you. mother and her her family uh, were the musician. My dad's family uh, was was not musically inclined so much. Uh, my mom played guitar, and her whole family. My my childhood in West Virginia was your typical 
a bunch of barefoot kids running around on my grandpa's rundown house in uh, Clendenin, West Virginia. My great grandfather, uh, and they would all sit on the porch. My cousins, my mom, her sisters, my grandma. My granddaddy played a banjo until he died a claw hammer. I remember he played a banjo when he couldn't remember nobody's name. Wow. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, my mom's family played bluegrass, and the brothers and cousins and sisters all harmonized, and the kids running yes. around barefoot in the yard. You know, pic- picture uh, your typical West Virginia stereotype. Uh, yeah. Backwoods kind of thing. Uh, kind of Dolly Parton uh, upbringing. Yeah, yep. I mean, basically so. Uh, and my dad was uh, worked at DuPont, retired from DuPont. He's the one who got us into hunting and fishing, and mom got us into music. And I'm the only, uh, you know, my brother and sister can carry a tune, mm-hmm. but they never dove into music that much. I, I played drums at a young age, and I wanted to be a drummer. Mm-hmm. Loved metal, Pantera, yep. Metallica, uh I loved every every type of music, man. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say it. Boys to men. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the harmonies. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. the, that, uh, and then uh, once I heard uh, and give a shout out to him, he just passed away. Uh, Charlie Daniels band. Mm-hmm. I was like five or six years old. Uh, there was a festival in Charleston, West Virginia called the Regatta. And he, he played that a few times when I was a kid. And I, my dad's shoulders and watched him play and knew that I, I was like, you know, besides being a you know, star NFL player or something like that. You know? <laughs> uh, so uh, so when that, you got back from Iraq, that's when you kind of really got serious about though, right? Well, no, I was, uh, you know, when I went to Iraq, I joined the reserves. I mean, you know, the whole thing was play. I'm big, man. I'm 6'2", about 245 pounds. Uh, I was a pretty decent football player. Wanted to play college ball. Uh, didn't really get to a high school. I had a coach worth of shit. And, uh, uh, not a program made to send people to college. So you're sending in game tapes and everything to, to colleges or whatever. And, you know, didn't really get the uh, got looked at, but didn't really get the uh, the whole. You know, it, high school football back then wasn't like it is now. Uh-huh. You know, there was no, there was no YouTube. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. So um, you know, not a lot of people are going to come scout a shitty one A team in nowhere, North Carolina, because I moved down to to uh, North Carolina. And you know, the high school I left was like in the running for state every year. Had a great football program. And it just wasn't in North Carolina. So my whole goal was to get money to go play college ball, walk on at Marshall or walk on somewhere and play some college football. And uh, join the reserves. And uh, didn't know that you had to pay for college first before they reimbursed you. So I had no money to even go to college. Yep. Uh, I ended up getting my degree when I was 30. Uh, but uh that was my whole that was my whole goal. So I joined the reserves, and then towers got hit, and then you know everything got switched around. Went to uh, combat unit, first cab division. Went searching for IEDs on the side of the road, you know. Um, uh, then came back, but I, I mean, while I was in the reserves, I moved to North Carolina, got in a band. You know, you sh- shit and get out of a couple bands, and then yeah. I started 
out of the first band, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to argue with people. I'm just going to start my own band, do what I wanted, you know. And uh, again, I went against the grain with everybody. Everybody was doing. I'd go to bars and I watch bands play the same set list, yep. even if they're playing cover songs, play the same set list. And I was like, I ain't playing. Give me three steps or Sweet Home Alabama, or you know, yeah. it's just been done. Not it's just been done to death. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I was doing. I was, man. I, you know. I was doing Robert Earl Keane and Steve Earle and uh, some Charlie Daniels, a lot of Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Uh, and that was at a time before, you know, that was at a time when country had, was really popped into around, you know, 03, 04. Mm-hmm. It kind of got out of the hat axe and was going. Uh, I couldn't even name anybody from back then because it was such shit music back then, too. I mean, it was. Uh, and then you had people like, Dirks Bentley and Montgomery Gentry come along yeah. later, like 05, 06, something like that, you know, and kind of turn it back around on its on its legs. Yeah. You you need that stuff to remind you of how good country music is. Yeah. You really do. Um, agree. You know, you you need even in the 70s, you know, there was you had, you know. Barbara Mandrells and everybody doing yeah. the big orchestra and, and that was poppy disco. They put disco beats. Yeah. They've always done it. You know, record companies want to sell something. Yeah. And if new kids on the block are selling or, or Justin Timberlake selling, well, we got to make somebody look and sound a little bit Justin Timberlake and put some hip hop beats. And, but as long as we put a banjo rolling in there, you know, it's gimmicky. It's, it's to sell and people you know, buy onto it, you know, uh, but you need that to let you know how good Cody Johnson is or how good Randy Rogers band is or how good Chris Stapleton is or Luke Combs. You know, you need that crappy music to realize when somebody like Luke Combs or Chris Stapleton comes around like, holy shit, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was in a, I was in a punk rock band for better part of a decade and uh, it took, it took social distortion to remind me how good country music could be. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because it was so shitty at that time. Dwight Yoakam sold it on me because even even in his day and days, his writing was so poetic. Even his his hits, you know, weren't the same as what was selling. It was just he was different. You know, a thousand miles from nowhere. Yeah. Uh, guitar. Sixties vibe. Yeah, it, he had the the rockabilly vibe to it, but he, he uh, extremely talented vocal. The way he yodeled stuff. The way he did stuff. Uh, I, I was sold on Dwight Oakham. And oh, uh, yeah. for some reason, it was always cool. Like if you're into metal or punk, it was cool to listen to that rockabilly shit. Oh, yeah. Always. You know. And uh, so. Buck and Owens. Then Buck Owens. And then, you know, Garth Brooks took over. And, and, and you know, uh, a lot of people followed suit with the hat axe and stuff. It, like I said, it's trendy. It goes around in circles. I mean, you go down to Nashville and it's a bunch of grown men that, you know, drove into town from nowhere, Bill, Alabama. And now they're wearing skinny jeans. Not everybody, but you know what I mean? Now skinny jeans or people that's never even eroded, you know, crop tobacco or put up hay or never wrote farm use on the side of their truck. Never, you know, yeah. it, it's like I said, I got, news for people i've never jacked up a truck <laughs> yeah 
you know, I didn't see the point in it and didn't have the money to do it to start with and didn't really give a shit about jacked up trucks or any, you know, we just try to keep, you know, try to keep something running, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I mean, like I say, it goes around in circles and, and it's, it's start, you know, with the guys down in Texas selling out stadiums and selling out concerts and, you know, Nashville's taking notice. They, they noticed that, you know, uh, let, let's be honest. Any other time, Luke Combs, as far as his look, would have, would have scared off. Absolutely. Nothing, not, nothing wrong with being a bigger guy or anything like that, but uh, they, you, there's times where people oh, you're not good looking enough or you're not this and this. And he just broke through. And somebody yep. like Stephen, who's been down there writing songs for years, broke through. You can't deny somebody that's good. No, you know what I mean? you, no, you, you can't. You, can't. You, you just, and there's so much auto tune. And I speak out against that. I speak out against, I don't think it's fair whatsoever. And I don't give a shit who's, uh, who I step on or who gets offended by it. But like 90% of these concerts, people are paying good money to go see. They're pushing play on a CD. Yeah. It's auto-tuned with more backing tracks than anything. Yeah. It's everything synced to the lights, and it's got to be this and this and that. You know, I just uh, just uh, wrote a song with Driver Williams, who uh, is uh, Eric Church's guitar player. Yeah. Uh, him and I wrote a song with uh, uh, another gentleman last week or so. And, you know, he's telling me, you know, except for, like, in between songs, cue lighting, things, whatever, Eric doesn't use tracks. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't believe it. Yeah. I like, and I don't, I mean, a click track, like, to keep on time, sure. yeah. that's just your metronome, and everybody uses those. But I, I've opened up for people, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to say names. And if that's what you want to do, fine. I just think it's unfair. Yeah. When I've seen Charlie Daniels play a dozen and a half times, at least. Yeah. Every show was different. Yep, even the same songs. It was just yep. live. It was just it's live. Supposed it's supposed to be live. I've seen yep. people come out so auto tuned, and with their bass and their their hip hop beats bumping, and their voice is so auto tuned, you can just tell. I've, I've had people we'd open these shows, people come up and like, we can't hear him. I was like, he don't want to be heard because he can't sing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's true. It's true. He's yeah. pretty. Let's put him up there. He can yeah. carry a tune a little bit. We'll just fix it. Yeah. We can sell, 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 sell. Yeah. And I think people are tired of it. I, you know, like I said, I, I might not never be nothing, but like, you know, you come to my shows, you're going to get every mistake we make. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. And you're supposed to. Yeah. You're, you're supposed, supposed to. to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, unless you're Rush or somebody like that, you're not perfect. You know what I mean? People can see right through the bullshit, man. And it doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing, whether you're, whether you're making T-shirts or you're yeah. singing songs, people can see right through the bullshit. And, yeah, they can. Yeah. And I, I've always believed that, and I think authenticity is 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 so important no matter what you're doing. Um, you know, people always act. People always ask us, when are we going to do certain things that, as far as our business goes, and, and if it's not authentic and we, we can't stay in our lane, I'm not going to do it. Well, I can know? tell, like, y'all love what you do. You know, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, my buddy's got a, 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 a an outfitter, a fishing outfit. It's called FYAO Fisher uh-huh. Asthma. He started, and he, you know, baits were in like 
Cabela's and he sells a lot of shirts. But Jeff, just bass fishes, man. He, that's what he loves. He, he's like all his buddies that we graduated, they all play golf. He bass fishes. You yeah. know what I mean? Sponsor. They started off a joke like they want to put money in to win this. Uh, uh, there we go. Put money in to win this tournament or something. He was telling me a story. You know, I grew up with Jeff. We, uh, Jeff Prouse's name. And if you're into bass baits, check him out. I'm, yeah. I don't think he's competing with y'all, but it's no. fishing okay. ass off outfitters. Uh, you know, he's like, I just, and he loves bass fish. He loves smallmouth fish. Yeah. Loves anything, you know, yeah. and that's just, you can tell. And he's like, just, rolled with it you know what i mean and, sure. and it's doing pretty good for him i think uh so like i try to like support like and, and i don't like a lot of flash like yeah like simple statements like i love the plain steelhead logo that i got like yeah. two or three shirts i got a sweatshirt yeah matter of fact somebody stole one of my sweatshirts my wife ordered one <laughs> and i got it uh uh nice and i've got you know the 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 uh, grab bass or yeah 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 I still got that back yeah I still got that original yeah. sweatshirt out there uh, for some reason this COVID shrunk all my clothes <laughs> you too yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all... so I actually just hit the gym before I before I came home man and, yeah. uh, first time in a while that I've hit the, yeah. you know but uh, yeah the COVID it shrinks clothes I'm not worried about getting sick I'm worried about shrinking all my clothes but uh, <laughs> what, yeah I'll, you know like. And I and I can't say that you you'll see you'll see this and it, it'll start swinging around like Alan Jackson said it's gone country it's gone country yeah um, anytime there's money in anything which the whole record industry not that I know anything about it because uh, I barely know how to load my songs to Spotify you know what yeah. I mean I just don't know that I know how to play a few chords on guitar and that's about it. But whatever's going to make them money, mm-hmm. whatever they can see some money in. But you have some people in the music industry uh, that are fed up from me talking to people here lately um, that are kind of, you know, the reason I got to go to Nashville and do some writing with some better, you know, better writers. And they're tired of the, the the lower standard of writing yeah put a put a fun beat behind it make all the white claw drinking white girls do the little white girl sweat at the beginning of the stage and yeah you know what i mean oh yeah and that, that's fine but there's still room for people with some and i'm not the deepest writer i have a few songs that are they're dylanish that yeah. you know that i put really thought into you know uh my new song coming out it's called mama didn't listen yeah, and it's literally a, a honky tonk song about me and my mom at my wedding. Dance to "Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be a Cowboy." That was our our, our son and mother dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I jokingly said, "Well, you didn't listen to this song for shit," <laughs> you know, because I drove old trucks and she yeah. taught me how to play guitar and and uh, and uh, you know encouraged me to go play honky tonks and get out there and. And do my thing, so I wrote a song, but it's the mama didn't listen to a damn thing Waylon said. Yeah, and I, I literally didn't think it was any good, and I played it for my producer, and I uh, uh, took it into the writing rooms and played it for some people, and they thought it was a, a good, good hook and a good song. So we recorded, we we're putting that out, uh, and I just wrote it because I thought it was going to be a fun song to play live. Is that real fast beat honky tonk? Yeah, yeah. Wait, 
sound, you know, that real, you know, four on the floor sound. Yep. And then I got another one coming out, so it's real easy going. It talks about fishing, yeah. you know. Uh, and it just one of those easy moods I was in one evening, you know, like I just, like I said, weekends go by, you're on the road, you don't get to, you see your buddies out, you know, on the elk or you see your buddies out fishing and catching a shit ton of fish and you're stuck in a van with five dudes, you yep. know, uh, smells like pot and feet in there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm excited for those two to come out, but uh I, uh, I'm picky about what I sing. I have had to play the covers, the popular stuff. Yeah. And, uh, was miserable doing it. So I took a chance cause we were such a good cover band at one point. Cause that's all I thought at that point was going to happen for me is, is, is me playing covers. I was going to keep writing, but I didn't ever, I thought I was past my time. I never, I just turned 41 years old. Sure. I, yeah. I don't look it, but, uh, I thought, the time has passed me and now these opportunities are popping out because people see like it doesn't matter it doesn't it you know a 22 year old guy can't write about life he ain't lived it yet good you point know, he That's cannot good point because i know i can look back at me at 20 22 years old and although i feel like i wrote some pretty good songs back then in depth they weren't much yeah you know they well i was probably a little bit more advanced than, than some people at 20 yeah. I, I grew up a little different than people, but uh, sure. uh, I had a you know, great childhood. We didn't grow up without my dad worked his ass off and stuff like that, but we were, we definitely weren't rolling in money, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, so we had a little bit more experience of, and being around music all the time, hearing what it's supposed to sound like. I didn't accept crap getting bands and, and people weren't playing right. Then I, you know, if I'm the if I'm the best musician in the band, we're we're screwed because I'm you know I'm not a musician. <laughs> uh, but I, I got surround myself with a lot of the right people. Yep. And uh, so, if anything, you know, the past couple of years has been right before COVID hit. Man, our concerts, our shows, you know, we're at club levels. We were supposed to be on tour with a band called Love and Theft. Yeah. Um, you know, again, not talented guys, not my cup of tea of, as far as. Well, their harmonies are awesome, though. Like, you know, I've seen them live. You know, they're, they're, I've seen them live, and they, they can sing. And, yeah. And then we had a couple shows with uh, a group around here that's uh, made it pretty pretty big. Parmalee. Mm-hmm. They're from this area. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they're out in Nashville. Which I can't remember their label, but we had a show or two with them. We had one with Lauren Lena. You know, I had three shows scheduled in Texas, which we're going to Texas next week, but we ended up getting that last minute but at three acoustic shows in texas to get down that way all canceled you know yeah yeah we were just picking up so much momentum with the new song uh in came you uh which my buddies wrote i didn't even write that song it's, just, it's such a damn good song yeah i wish i had wrote it uh, you know some good friends of mine wrote it and i was doing it at my shows and people were just like when are you going to record it when you're going to record it and i actually wasn't going to so i called todd Corey up, told him asking me if i could record it I said yeah um, and I'm glad I did because that's just kind of getting us noticed, you know. What I mean? yeah, that song yeah. and with me, I think with me now is the biggest one on Spotify and then iTunes. It's Love Me Down, yeah. Uh, which you know, just a silly song I wrote, but uh. So I mean, if anything, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It's opened a lot of doors for, especially the hunting and fishing. I mean, uh, 
I've, I've got to do more hunting and fishing over the past couple of years because like you said, play music. Like I can, I can go and book shows in the area that I'm going to hunt or whatever like that. Even if it'd be just be acoustic shows. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not making millions of dollars or anything, but I'm, you know, doing enough to pay for my, pay for my bills and, and pay for my habits of hunting and stuff like that. And yeah. Bought, bought a new bow. I shoot Matthews. Uh, and, you know, I tricked out my sights and I, you know, I spent a lot. <laughs> I actually just ordered a saddle from Tethered. I don't know if you've ever seen that tree oh, saddle. Okay. Yeah, you need to check that out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you do a lot of. Uh, is there a whitetail there? I know there. Uh, or blacktail, right? Blacktail here, yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah. uh, but I have a I have a connection with some friends down in Texas that got a uh, uh, West Texas that have a whitetail ranch, big hundred fifty thousand acre thing. That yeah. I was supposed to go do, and I had had was gonna hope was planning on doing it this uh coming up here and then covid and all we were putting the plan yeah. together and the whole thing went to shit but well, let me know when you do man i'd love to get down and i've had uh guys down there offer me some stuff and hopefully this leads to me hunting down there too because uh, i want to go after the axis deer and as long as it's like you know high fenced areas a lot of people are <coughs> again i don't want to hunt an african deer on ten thousand. you know yeah but the axis deer, I know that's not a native deer, but if it's on 10,000 acres, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's more than animals want to run to start with. Oh, yeah. This, these, these damn things are about as wild as you're going to get. And, they, you know, when you get in there and you understand how they manage the population and how, how they, they take care of them and that there's people coming in and taking genetics and doing different things to keep different strains going in other places. I mean, it's not just a... Not just well, we, ranch, you know. we even do that up, you know, we even do that. If you see, you know, one, we had a strand of deer on, on our area of home that, like, every year there's always one with, they always sneak through. It's got five on this side, and he'll have a little, I, you know, I've killed at least three like that. Yeah. And you try to get them out because it's not, you don't want to breathe. Sure. Because it causes yeah. that, or they've been injured or whatever like that. So you try to get those out of there, yeah. you know. They're good eating anyway. Uh I've never killed a massive buck. My biggest buck's an eight point, probably. I mean, I've just, I've had opportunities. I've missed one. I'm almost positive it was like 12 to 14 points when I was in my early 1920s. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've seen big deer just, you know, I've always, I've always felt like it's like, when is it going to be my time to take, you know, 140, 150, 160 inch buck? Yeah. And it's just not happened yet. And, you know, I, but, you know, you keep, it'll come, you yeah. know, it, it, and I'm hoping this year, the good thing about North Carolina, the season, both seasons start September 7th. It's hot as shit. Mosquitoes everywhere. Yeah. And you'll still kill them in Belgium. Huh. There's a nice six on this place right here. He's a big six. Yeah. It was cool deer to take. You can get a yeah. big six. This is rare. And I've seen him twice. I caught him once on camera. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard if they don't get, if like a couple of years old and they're six, they're not going to get any bigger. Like yeah. It's a rare kind of thing. If I can get him in velvet, that'd be awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I've got, I've got a place set up on his bedding area now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I'm more interested in that. And, you know, if I, Ohio, big deer, as long as we're wild, I don't want 
a give me buck like on this yeah. ranch that's a you know two hundred buck that's you know sitting this blind. He's been at this feeder every night. You know, and yeah. I just I don't have no desire to do that. I don't have no desire to sit up over a feeder. You yeah. know, or you know, we the most we do is put some salt blocks out, and that's just keep the minerals when it's so hot in summertime. Get them, get them in the natural springs run down the hill. Give them something to yeah. to get in there and uh, and and you keep them healthy, whatever yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got hay fields and tons of acorns. And so it's naturally just a deer haven anyway. Uh, only problem is, you know, big buck you see on camera can go on the neighbor's farm and, and chase his does. And somebody just walked on that day and a pair of blue jeans and a blaze orange vest pops in. It, it happens all the damn time. <laughs> happens all the time here too. Yeah. Happens all the time here too. It, it, you know, they, it, but uh it is what it is i mean yeah uh but like i said i let a decent eight point go last year uh my cousin let a nine walk i've seen him pretty sure they're the same deer yeah one morning i was actually driving out to meet my buddy we were going i was going uh fishing on the greenbrier and there's five bucks standing in the field and four of them's outside their ears huh. yeah nice so yeah, yeah. off. you know what i mean yeah, yeah i don't think there's as many people hunting i think there's a lot more people uh letting little ones walk yeah. you know what i mean because you're allowed i think four doe in north carolina i think you get six doe tags oh wow so many deer dude there's yeah. so many deer uh i mean it's why the corn crops bean crops yeah and a lot yeah. of cotton tobacco yeah. there's, yeah. so, I mean, there's just there's tons of food for them uh, pine nuts, it's yeah. just you know, and they they such a variety. You know, there's whitetail in the desert. They eat whatever they can get in their mouth. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, let's uh let's get together. I want to do some. I want to come out there. I've never been to Oregon, so well, come out here, play some yeah. shows. I can see yeah. you up. I know. I, I actually have a buddy of mine that was in a band here, uh, and he's from Oregon. I don't know how they ended up here. He was here for years. Got a man, incredible singer, great songwriter. He's a young guy, uh, but he just moved back home. So it's yeah. like, you know, he's been wanting me to come out and do some shows. I was like, man, I want to go out there and do some fishing anyway. So yeah. that, that, now hopefully when it's all clear, said and clear, we can get, get something together. And, yeah. And maybe we can uh, hook up in Texas too. I'm I'm down to do one of the hunts. I'd, uh, I think I'm going to go late August and try to do some hog hunting down in Georgia and public oh, nice. land. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dude, you don't even know hunt license in most places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just new. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has free meat. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, I think just to kind of sharpen my 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 hunt skills up for for deer season, because you know, I I I, I think this year's the year I'm gonna get my my doozy. I say that. <laughs> I say that. I say that. Every yeah, day. yeah. Every, every day you wake up, today's the day. Today's the yeah. day. Yeah, today's the well, day. Well, we'll get you out here. We'll get you out yeah. there. We'll get you fishing. Uh, yeah, we, we can set that up, no problem at all. Um, and then I bring out, I bring out, do a, uh, do a turkey hunt on the farm this year, man. Oh man, we got uh, we got time, dude. Dude, I I'd love it, and you know, uh, and that's about the time. I think that's about the time the hatchery is released too for trout up in the mountains. It's usually spring. Nice. And so well, we can knock both of them out. It'd be cool. That'd be that'd be awesome, and. Uh, yeah. Drink a few beers and pick a song or two. Yeah, yeah. sounds good, brother. Thank you. All right. Hey, 
All the best to you and your right. family. Thanks for taking the time today. I appreciate it. I right. appreciate it, dude. Later. See you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, guys. We really do appreciate it. Um, Make sure you head to the website. Check out all the new gear we got up there. We got our face masks up, 30-plus UPF sun protection plus. It'll protect you from anything else. You need to use it for the grocery store or the hardware store or going fishing to protect yourself from the sun. They're multi-use. You guys are really going to dig them. Um, We're out of a couple styles, but we got more on the way. Uh, We've got a killer promo coming up this month. We've got all kinds of new designs. The new buckaroo design is up there. The journey design is up there. All kinds of new stuff for you. Thank you again for the support. Thanks for keeping us going through this weird time. If you like this podcast, please share it with at least one of your friends. It would be super helpful. We really appreciate you all. We'll talk to you soon.